Poppy, how are you doing on this Tuesday? I'm pretty good, dude. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Day off. Well, I work my second job, but it's a pretty laid back job, so. Yeah. Easy peasy, easy money, nothing to it but to do it. And now here we are. Now here we are. Had my doctor's appointment earlier. Yearly checkup physical. Good clean, good clean bill of health from the OBGYN? Uh, everything's good from the OBGYN. I was a little worried about, uh, you know, that, that ooze. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> you didn't have to go there. You brought up the OBGYN. But you didn't, not... have to, you didn't have to take it a step further. That's no, no, funny. no. You want to run up to the boundaries and expect me not to push them. You're the one who wants to crack the bull in the whip. Let's talk about sports. <laughs> You're the one who wants to crack a bull in the balls with a whip. <laughs> oh, God. What the fuck? My headset just fell off my head. Oh, well. I was laughing too hard about you not understanding the English language. Look, I have been up for very long. I have to work, to- I have to work tonight. So nap time is very, very valuable for me. That's fair. That is very fair. But no, everything was good to the doctor. Tuesday episode. Uh second one that we've done. Yep. I love a good Tuesday episode. They're fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. It's, it's a lot of fun to get to recap the NFL and not have to worry about this being like a four hour episode. Yeah, we don't have to worry about that. So you got nap time. I got plans to do later. So let's hop into it and let's address the one elephant in the room uh that is just everybody wants to talk about. Dude, Sunday morning. If you were able to witness the best <laughs> soccer match that you will probably ever watch. Yeah. Um, World Cup final between Argentina and France. Um, that was... That game was better than advertised. I was just telling you that uh, so Sunday morning, uh, Steph cut my hair. My girlfriend's a hairdresser for people that did not know that. Um, but um, she cut my hair and while I was driving back and I had to run a few errands, I turned on the game and just listened to it while I was driving. And um, France, uh, France was down to nothing. So I'm like, okay, this game's probably over. When I got to where I was going, I turned it off. Drove from Towson to Westminster. Ran errands in Westminster and then was driving home. And I said, you know what? I'm going to turn the game back on just to see exactly what's going on. And literally, two min- I was two, two minutes later than Mbappe scoring his second goal in 70. In how many seconds was it? It was, like, it was like a minute and a half he scored two goals. Yeah, it was, it was, it was within two minutes yeah. of each other. Yeah, like you said, Argentina came out uh, guns blazing. Uh, Lionel Messi scored in the 23rd minute. Um, on a on a PK, um, and then uh, Angel Di Maria scored in the 36th minute, um, and it was two to nothing up until the 80th minute. Yeah, I mean throughout, I mean up until up until really the 80th minute, uh, Argentina was getting to every loose ball. They were first on the ball. They were more aggressive throughout the game. And, I mean. Argentina was legitimately just running away with the game. But then one of the best young players in the on the entire planet just completely took over that fucking game. 
Yeah, in the 80th minute, uh, France came away, got a penalty kick, uh, and this is where this is where the tide started to turn. Uh, of course, Kylian Mbappe, uh, being the best player on France, uh, got to take the PK. Um, he made it. Goalie did get some fingers on it. He got he got he got fingers on his other PK that he shot in the shootout. Also, yeah. So that started it. Like I said, Kylian Mbappe made the PK. Now France is down two to one. As stated, that was in the 80th minute. In the 81st minute, Kylian Mbappe scored again to tie the game up. Yeah. And, I mean, this thing, this thing, like, he kind of, like, you know, squatted down a little bit, got a little sideways on the ball and just ripped this thing in there. Um, tie the game up. And uh, next thing you know, uh, Lionel Messi is scoring in the 108th minute in, in added time. Um and then, uh, you know, they, they added some, some more time on. In the 118th minute, France got another PK. On a handball this time. On a handball. And Kylian Mbappe buried that one, too. Yeah. So Kylian Mbappe did have the hat trick. I know last week you were, you were like... Uh, jokingly, like, oh, Lionel Messi, Lionel Messi, and uh, Kylian Mbappe to both have a hat trick. You were one goal shy of that actually hitting. Now I know you didn't actually bet it. I'd have been pissed if it hit too. But you were one goal shy man, of that I, actually hitting. Man, I would have been so pissed. Odds were plus forty two thousand. It would have that that was ten bucks wins four hundred and twenty. Yeah, well, four thirty, including your ten bucks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been that would have been just absolutely crazy. Um. And then the game ended up eventually, inevitably going to the penalty shootout, where Argentina ended up winning four to two. Yeah, uh, Lionel Messi did bury his <clears throat> in uh, in the shootout as well. So technically, I mean, he did score three goals, but uh, shootouts don't count. Yeah. Um, and Kylian Mbappe made his uh, PK in the shootout as well. So Kylian Mbappe scored four times this game. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, Mbappe scored more than the Ravens did. On Saturday. Uh, that was pathetic. That was such a pathetic offensive game. Yeah. Well, we're not talking about that yet. I don't wanna I don't wanna use that word about my favorite team, but it, it was. We're not we're not talking about that yet. You and I were both wrong as far as the World Cup champion goes. I stuck with France the whole way through and through. You did. Um I was close. See the problem of a, a problem that France I think ran into, um they other ha- than Lionel Messi. Well, yeah, <laughs> um, but I mean, their their big issue is that they took out all of their um, they took out they took out a bulk of their offensive uh mainstays that were on that were on the team that have been in the starting eleven since the tournament had started, um, and I think in the penalty shootout it kind of came back to hurt them a little bit. You had guys who were a little less experienced as far as that goes, yeah, who were on a, who are on a larger stage. And not saying that they didn't crack under pressure because the goalie for Argentina's he he made a lot of very very good saves. So, um, not saying that France cracked under the pressure, but um, one guy did just outright miss. He did out he did just outright miss. Um, that not is, that I could do any better. Right. That is that is what it is. I'd piss myself if I was shooting penalty kicks in a shootout for the World Cup championship in front of in front of. Literally everybody in that stadium, and in front of the eyes of forty-two million people watching across the planet. Yes, I, w- I would piss my pants. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, Argentina is your World Cup champion. Um, 
you know, I'm I'm ha- I'm happy for Lionel Messi. This is really the one trophy that's been eluding him his entire career. Um, he did say that he ha- he's not retiring from international play yet. He wants to play as the defending champion. Um, but four years time, I highly doubt he'll be on the team. Um, by the time the next World Cup comes around, um, I highly doubt he'll be he. I don't know how big of a role he'll have when he's if he's actually still playing in four years. Um, he so, might be like a late sub that comes in. It's just an absolute weapon. He could, yeah. I, I I don't I don't know exactly. I mean, I don't understand the whole nuances of soccer and everything like that. So he gets to play like uh like twenty minutes a match, like Udonis Haslam minutes. <laughs> twenty yeah. twenty minutes a match, twenty minutes a season. Same thing, right? Same thing. <laughs> um, but. Shout out to Argentina for winning the World Cup. Uh, happy for them. Uh, happy for uh, Lionel Messi. Um, I mean, this. I mean, this genuinely was a game that kept you kept you on the edge of your seat the entire time. Look, I'm not a huge soccer fan, or uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. We call it soccer here in America. Uh, I'm not a. I'm not a big soccer fan. Never really have been. It just never really piqued my interest. Yeah. Because it, it's it's very methodical. I'm the typical American that I like action. Yeah. Which is weird because I play baseball. It's methodical. Um, it like it ta- it takes strategy. You have to move the ball around, catch yeah. defenders out of position, and then attack. Yeah, you got to work the angles. It's it's very strategic. Soccer was never really like uh, it just never really caught my attention. This game had me cheering for both teams. Yeah, if, <laughs> I mean, I mean, genuinely, if 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 it was more like that, a little bit more often, I could definitely I could definitely get behind it a hell of a lot more. I think this this was a, this was a generational uh. FIFA World Cup uh final match. I mean, you know, if you if you go back and you look at a lot of the games that were played in the World Cup, a lot of them were really close, really really competitive games. Yeah. Um a lot of people of course this is of course the um the very infamous and very easy job of becoming a Twitter analyst uh for sports. Um but a lot of people actually said that this is like the best World Cup ever from a competitive standpoint. So it's easy to say that, but I think the exposure that soccer has had around the world creates this. Like because the the exposure for soccer, like it is it's the world's most dominating sport. Like s- soccer yeah. is the sport that is played in every country every year. Yeah. Like it 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 just is. Um but the exposure that it's it's had it's it's grown so much that it's becoming more and more popular. Um, more people were turn tuning into this, yeah. Um, and of course we're on Twitter. We're we're in America. We're on American Twitter, where football dominates social media. American football, um, yeah. But soccer, soccer's like fifth in America for sports. Uh, maybe fourth. You can argue with that. You could argue that between. You could argue between that and hockey. I, yeah, I was I was putting hockey above soccer. I think hockey's more hockey's more of like a niche sport. Yeah, it is. It's it's like like hockey's one of those sports where it's either you like know it and you love it, or you could give two shits. I'd I'd say you could say the same thing about soccer too. You know it, you love it, or you could give two shits. Yeah. Either way, but you know, until it comes to the big tournament, you know, Stanley Cup, eh, you might you might tune in on the third period of a of a of a hockey game. Yeah, it, World Cup comes around, you might tune in on a match or two. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, all, all, all in all, you know, it, it it was a really, really good tournament. I know a lot of people were questioning whether or not this should even be in Qatar. 
after all the um like controversy and scandal that surrounded the World Cup and everything like that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, there's a really, really good documentary on Netflix about it. Yeah. I would recommend going to watch it. Um so a lot of people were actually considering whether or not this should even be happening. Um but you know, uh it did turn out really well and uh the best player in the world. I think I and I I I would say very very easily the best player of our generation for sure. Um rightfully got his trophy. Yeah, Messi is very good. And hey, we have had at least one listener from the country of Argentina. Fucking right. So shout out to you. Congratulations to that one listener. Don't know if you just listen once or if you're going to ever listen again, but if you do, just know this is for you. <laughs> Shout out to you. You know, it's funny. Um, I saw like videos on Twitter of people doing like a, like a, like a panning over the whole city of Buenos Aires in Argentina um, right before they won. It was like silent. And then after they won, after they won the match. It sounded like a fucking bomb went off. It was probably so loud it almost collapsed a building. Like people, people, people in the fucking streets. I mean, there was like they they said it was an estimate four million people just standing in the streets watching the game. Good night. That had to have been just an absolutely electric atmosphere. It'd have been so oh, cool yeah. to be there. But you know, then again, like like in in countries like that, they don't have. I mean, I'm I mean, Argentina has their own professional league, but they don't have like their version of the NFL down there. No, that is like this is. Yeah, yeah. the 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 men's World Cup team. I don't know how good the women's is, but of course, the men's World Cup is what happens. So that's one of the question. Well, when you have a superstar like Messi playing for your men's team, of exactly. course, exactly. Yeah, just seeing how well. I mean, I mean, you could see like the reaction on the fans' faces, like in the stands, people were crying. Yeah. Like, I'm very passionate about sports. I'm, like. If you've listened to the podcast before, you know you, and if you if you know who me and Holman are, we're both very diehard Ravens fans. We are. Like I like despite what's happening this year, I talk shit about it all the time. I will I will take my allegiance to the Ravens to the grave. I I I will I will I will be a Ravens fan for life. That that's 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 not a question. I've never felt like that level of emotion towards a game before. Yeah, this this just means something different. It do, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, something like this happens every four years. I mean, the last time, last time they were even this close was in twenty fourteen. I mean, this happens every four years. Like we, like we get to watch the Super Bowl every year. Yeah, we'll catch you guys in twenty twenty six. We'll do it all over again. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe my fandom for the game will grow a little bit more, and excuse me, and I'll be, and when the United States, it, when the United States fucking wins, when when it's playing here in North America, maybe I'll be, maybe it'll be a little bit different for me, but, um, but yeah, I mean, this sport just means different. It mean it it means a lot more to different people around the world. Than, than, than you would think. 
it's cool to see too. It really is. It, yeah, it, it really is. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to uh, on to the next topic here. Next topic: little NBA talk. Something, uh, something brief that happened earlier today. Uh, the Phoenix Suns closing in on having a new owner. Yeah. Um. So this all this all kind of goes back to um what the hell is this guy's name? It's uh Robert Sarver. Yeah, Robert Sarver. I forget what he said. Uh, we're, okay, never mind. It was um was some misconduct in the workplace. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. There was some sus- there was some suspect things going on in the workplace. Um, like uh like. Racist, like racist remarks, misogynistic comments, everything like that. Um, so the NBA suspended Robert, Rob, what's his last name? Sarver. 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 Sar- I see it right here in front of me. This is they suspended him for a year. A lot of people were really up in arms about it. Um, that he only received a one year ban after someone like Donald Sterling, yeah, was caught saying the same thing outside of the team facility. Um. A lot of people were calling for him to be banned from the NBA. Um, I know PayPal said that they're gonna they were gonna pull their sponsor and all that stuff if something if something wasn't done. Well, now he's set to sell um, the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury uh, for four billion dollars to um, United Wholesale Wholesale Mortgage CEO Matt Ashpia. Ishbia. Yeah, I don't really know how to pronounce his last name. Um but this is a guy I, I have heard I have heard of him before. He's been in the market for a for a good a good while trying to purchase a sports franchise. Yeah. Um I know there was rumors of him maybe making an offer towards the commanders. Um but ultimately he gets he gets not one but two teams, uh the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury. Um so now I think people are gonna be like, okay, they'll accept Phoenix again. They got this guy out of there. PayPal will be back on the jerseys. Yeah. Um, as long as he doesn't have any uh scandals going against him right now either. Right, right. Um. Yeah, literally. This is this is of course according to C, uh, CBS's um. CBS Sports. Um, he was a part the guy who's purchasing the team now. He's a part of the group that tried to buy the Denver Broncos earlier this year. I like I said, interest in the Commanders. Um, he was a walk on at Michigan State, won the national title in two thousand in two thousand. Michigan State's basketball team. Um, and now he runs a hedge fund large enough to spend four billion dollars on a basketball team you know Good i on him you know I, w- I will say this so robert sarver bought the team in 2004 for 400 million 400 million dollars he just sold it for four billy he, yeah he just he just times 10 his um his investment the roi on that is just insane yeah, that, yeah that's that that's fucking crazy Four hundred one million dollars, to be exact. At the time, that was a record. I don't think this is a record. I, I, I think Steve Ballmer still has the record for the largest sale of a team, but that's still generational wealth. Oh God, yeah, are you kidding me? Four billion dollars. Good night. Let's see here, Steve Ballmer. How much did he buy the Clippers for? I think it was like. 
Where is it? I literally just saw it. Ugh. Okay. What are these noises that are coming out of your mouth hole today? Um, two billion dollars. Okay, so I th- I think this is actually the largest sale of a sports franchise in the world. Well, probably in NBA history. What did the Broncos just go for? They went for some. Ooh, good question. Absurd value. This might be the biggest uh, transaction in NBA history. Yeah. Uh, four point six five billion. That there was a, that was the sale for the Broncos. There you go. Who sucked this year? Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, Denver Broncos sale of four point six billion dollars will lift every other team's. Wow, lifts the value of every other team in the NFL by twelve percent. I'd love to get rich enough one day to own an NFL franchise. Wouldn't that be crazy? How much do you think for the, how much do you think the least valuable franchise goes for? Who do you think is the least valuable franchise? Um, least valuable. I don't know. Like that's so tough to say. Like, is it, um, like somewhere in like uh Florida where like taxes are low, is going to be different than like. California, where taxes are astronomical. I feel like that makes a difference. Um, least valuable. Hmm. Legitimately. I think there's probably two teams. Okay, let me hear. Uh, Texans. But I feel like their value goes up because they actually have a newer a new stadium. stadium. Yeah. Uh, my other guess was honestly the Washington Commanders. Okay, so let me see here. Let's be honest; they haven't had uh, they haven't had a lot of recent success. They've made the playoffs once. They're on the way to doing it again this year. Houston Texans come in at eleventh at three point seven billion dollars. Okay. Jesus. The Washington Commanders coming at fifth at 4.2. Really? There's four other le- less than them. Browns? Uh, no. Not fifth least valuable. Washington is the fifth most valuable. That's insanity. Wash- or Houston is the 11th most valuable. The, oh. Houston, the Houston Texans have more values than the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, they have a newer stadium. Yeah. The Ravens come in at 17th to $3.4 billion. To round out your top five, your bottom five, I'm sorry, your bottom five least valuable franchises in the NFL. At number 28, at $2.6 billion, is Tennessee. Okay. 29th, 2.6. So Tennessee's at 2.62. This next team's at 2.6. Number 29. The Cleveland Browns. Okay. Number 30 at 2.4 is the Detroit Lions. Okay. Number 31 at 2.275 is the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. I will give you one more guess at number 32. 
I've noticed a trend here. Which is what? Small markets. Okay. I'm trying to think of who else has has a has a small market in the NFL. If you get this, I'll be shocked. I'm torn between two NFC West teams. Okay. Torn between the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Okay. Someone tells me it's the Seahawks. Okay. Uh, so you were dead wrong with AFC East. <laughs> really? Coming in at $2.27 billion. Terry and Kim Pagula, owners of the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills are the least valuable franchise in the NFL. <laughs> Let me stumble upon $3 billion I'm buying a team. Let me tell you that right now. Let me stumble upon $3 billion I'm buying a team. Your top five most valuable franchises. I already said at number five, it's the Washington Commanders. Packers, Bears, 49ers. Packers, Bears, 49ers. You're missing one. And Steelers. Wrong on all four. Really? All four. I don't understand this list whatsoever. <clears throat> Number four at 4.8. It's the Los Angeles Rams. Okay. Well, okay. Number three at 4.85. New York Giants. <laughs> Number two, at $5 billion, it's the New England Patriots. Number one's the Cowboys. I couldn't, I can't believe you left them off the list. I was trying to go with the- Six and a half billion dollars, the Dallas Cowboys. I was trying to go with the fact that, like, for some reason, they're valuing the commanders that high. So I'm like, okay, like, maybe they're going off, like, past accolades. And I'm trying to guess, like, who had, like, a bunch of past accolades. The Packers and the Bears, obviously. Huge brand. They're everywhere. Ah, this is actually... So this is, this is the 2020 list. The Dallas Cowboys are the most valuable franchise. The Ravens have claimed wide receiver Sammy Watkins off waivers. God damn it. I, I knew we would do that. <laughs> Ian Rappaport, they may have been in the mix for Odell Beckham had he been healthy, so a wide receiver makes sense. I knew we were going to fucking do that. Yeah, so did I. As soon as I saw him uh, hit waivers, I'm like, yep, well, Sammy Watkins is coming back to Baltimore. Okay, here's, so, the Dallas Cowboys, this is according to 2022 numbers. Good Lord. You know Jerry Jones bought this team for for $150 million? Now it's worth $8 billion. You know, it's funny. I'll never see a million dollars in my life. <laughs> no. And he was able to buy this team for $100 million that's now worth $8 billion. He bought them for $150 million in 89. Robert Kraft bought the Patriots for 172 in 94. They're worth $6.4 billion. It's crazy that their, uh, their families will inherit this, too. The Cronkies bought the Rams in 2010 for $750 million. Now they're worth $6 billion. That's insane. That's what happens when you move from St. Louis to L.A. This is the all-time biggest fleece in the world. The number four most valuable franchise in the world 
uh, bought in 1973 by the Steinbrenners for $8 million. Yankees are worth $6 million. Let me let me hit a lottery. Let me start my own NFL team. I'm telling you. Okay, the Bears come in at number six. The Bears are now the fifth most valuable franchise at $5.8 million. <laughs> what is that face? Uh, in 1920, the McCaskey family bought the Chicago Bears for 100 bucks. In what year? 1920. Oh man, dude, 100 bucks back then was a lot of money. Yeah, that was like six years of work. I don't think it was that much, but 100 dollars. <laughs> dude, buys let, the Bears. Let me find out. Dude, let let me invent the time machine right now. I'm going back and I'm buying them. For, I'll, I'll give them 120 bucks. I'll give you 120 bucks. Yeah. I'll give you 600 bucks. I'll buy three teams. Let me, let me find out. Isn't that, isn't that shit crazy? Let me find out. Time travel's real. You know I'm going to fuck this whole operation you up. You know what's wild? A team like the Yankees existed at that point, too. Did they? What they? Oh, I wonder what they were going for back then. I don't know. Well, we'll never know. Probably, but, probably more than a hundred bucks, but yeah. Let me find out. Time travels real. I'm gonna fuck up the whole timeline. I know. Wouldn't it be sick? I'm I'm messing up the whole timeline. Because <laughs> I'm telling you what, I am going back in time to invest on Bitcoin. Oh my! God. First, getting rich. Then going back far enough to buy a ton of professional sports franchises under different pseudonyms. Because back in 1920, they didn't fucking know any better. (laughs) I'm going to just fleece the whole operation. I will own all 32 teams in the NFL. I will be the NFL. I will be the NFL. You're fucking dumb, dude. Okay, now according to 2020, I think the mo- I think the least valuable franchise is the Arizona Cardinals. I would name it something different than football too. <laughs> what would you name it? I don't know. You know what's crazy? Just like going back and looking at this shit, like how much people actually paid for teams. All the history that's there. Like, the Chiefs were bought for $25,000. That's a realistic number of finding in 1960. Yeah. That's realistic. History. It's all about history. It's all about history. It's all about history. We saw history on Saturday. The Steelers were bought for two, for 2500 bucks. I'll give you that much right now. Right. We saw history made on Saturday. The Packers were also sold for 100 bucks. Yes, we did see history on Saturday. <laughs> it's time to move on from that. <laughs> we're going to be here all day. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts were going into Minnesota to play the Vikings. The Colts jumped on their shit early. The Colts had a 33 to nothing lead at halftime. 30. 30 to nothing. Was it 30 to nothing? Yeah. Pretty sure it was 33. I could be wrong on that. I think it was... It was 33 nothing. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, it was 33 nothing. 
And uh, that promptly led to the biggest comeback in NFL history. And the Vikings defeating the Indianapolis Colts 39-36 to in overtime. You know, before before we start talking about this game, you know, I was thinking about this. This may have been, like, one of the craziest weekends in NFL history. I agree. Um, but, yeah, so, so Vikings down 33. You think to yourself, all right, no fucking way. They had, like, the youth team playing football against the mascots out there. You're like, ah, give the kids a shot. What's it going to hurt? Right. But... Fucking pulled it off. Couldn't believe it. You know, it's 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 gotta be it's gotta be Matt Ryan, dude. It has to be. He's he's Matt Ryan has been a part of the two two of the five biggest collapses from from a lead perspective in NFL history. Yeah. Like, dude, the third quarter. KJ Osborne, two yard touchdown pass from Kirk Cousins. Then the Colts kick a field goal. One yard touchdown rush by CJ Ham. That's in the third quarter. So at the end of the third quarter, it's 36 to 14. And then the collapse just absolutely piles on. Justin Jefferson, eight yard pass from Kirk Cousins. Adam Thielen, one yard pass from Kirk Cousins. Dalvin Cook, 64 yard pass from Kirk Cousins. That was all Dalvin Cook, too. It was. That was all Dalvin Cook. At, that was with two minutes and 15 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Took that shit to the hizzy. At that point, it's 36 to 36. Greg Joseph, 40-yard field goal to win the game. I'm not going to lie. Minnesota did kind of get screwed over twice in this game. They scored two defensive touchdowns that got called back because, uh, one, they said um, it wasn't a turnover, but I think it was, um, and he would have scored, and one was a turnover that they said wasn't a turnover, and they blew it dead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean that... That's like a recurring theme throughout every single week in the NFL so far this year. Is that like every week it just furthers the reason why we should have full time referees? It does. And I also think that there needs to be some sort of rule change to it all. That like with the NBA, it's like, uh, was it like an open path foul? Yeah. Did he like. You see, you see, got the ball, and you see him taking five yards up the field, and then the whistle blows, and there's nobody around him. Do you think he's going to score? Yes. All right. Well, give the defense the touchdown. Right. Move on. Damn, that'd be that'd be interesting. That that would be that would be a real interesting concept to try and add into the NFL. Take into account who has the ball. Like, there's a difference if there's Calais Campbell picking up a football or Marcus Peters. Yeah. Marcus Peters is faster than Clay's Campbell. Wow. Argentina actually had to abandon their own parade because millions of people clogged the roadways in Buenos Aires. Oh, my God. That's funny. That is kind of funny. Like, you do kind of have, like, maybe it's something that, like, New York does that, like, maybe the refs don't handle. Maybe it's one of those things that's like, okay, well, we have, uh, I don't even know here. Let's, let, let Sauce Gardner picking up a ball. Right. Instead of C.J. Mosley. Sauce Gardner's got a little bit more boogie than C.J. Mosley. Yeah. There's nobody within a six-yard radius of, of Sauce Gardner. There's nobody in front of him, nobody beside him. Like, he's in the backfield, whatever. All right, it's a touchdown. Yeah. I don't know, maybe something along those lines. But I agree, full-time refs need to happen. Yeah, I mean, and, and don't, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of good NFLs, or a lot of good referees in the NFL. 
It's a very hard job. I could never do it. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 very very difficult. I mean, there are a lot of good referees, but you know, it's like it's like the, it's like that it's like the very popular saying. It's the few ruin it for the many. Yeah. You know, I mean, and by few, I mean Jerome Boger. <laughs> I can't stand. I can't. Him. I can't stand. I can't stand him either. No, I mean, like it's 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 bigger. It's bigger than just Jerome Boger. You know, it's um his entire know, staff. <laughs> well, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean. They just they just need to have full time referees in the NFL. There's no there's no other way to split it. I mean, teams t- time and time again have been screwed out of more like out of so, out of so much. I mean the Ra- I mean the Ravens fell victim to it this year. The yep. Falcons were victim to it this year. I I mean the Commanders were victim this week as well. It, yeah yeah that one was really bad. Which I pre- one? <laughs> There's two of them. Yeah. I, well, I'm I'm re- I'm really talking about the uh the the no call DPI. Oh yeah, yeah, that was terrible. That one was a that one was atrocious. Like like how like, but then it's like, well, why can't they review it? Well, they tried. They tried to. They couldn't get it right then. Yeah, and well, they weren't really overturning shit. It's like no. ah, because they didn't want to admit they were wrong. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the deal was, but I agree. Full time refs is the way to go. Um, I think it's more it's more achievable now than it was a few years ago, because we have uh, some newer and younger referees coming in. Yeah. Instead of you know, I mean, we still have some older refs that are still a part of it, but a lot of them have retired and gone away from it now. Because most of them, this is a second job for them. Right. Like, <clears throat> they do have other jobs in the off season. Right. That's like their primary job. This is a second job for them. Right. It's not like those other jobs are second jobs for them. This right. is this is their second job. Um so I think you get a full time staff. And in the off season, they should be like studying game film. Doing stuff to like learning the rules, better learning themselves. the rules. Stay sharp, right? Like bettering themselves, yeah. Bettering this. I mean, they have a ton to look at, right? And I, I know that there's er, er, you know, different referees on the field have different jobs, but you know, you got to watch their feet. You got to watch the ball. Where does possession start? Where are their feet at? Blah blah blah. Is this pass interference? Where you know? Where's the ball down at when um, his knee touches the ground? Like there's there's and it's all happening so fast. Yeah. Or you, you know an, another thing to think of. Maybe another thing that we that the NFL could attempt to do is, um, you know, have that eye in the sky to say, hey, you're wrong. Change this. Yeah. Like 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 no review. Don't tell them to review it. Tell them no, you're wrong. Like, like a, a, a second, a, sec, a second opinion, something or another. But maybe it's only within like, like, like that, like that could be your full time, like a full time referee overseeing everything, looks at the rule, can see can see different different camera angles and everything like that. Yeah, maybe maybe that's something that the NFL could go to because like if you have if you have somebody sitting in the booth that has access to all the camera angles can slow it down, can look back at it in real time. That's the thing is they, like the referees cannot slow it down when they're watching replays like they do on TV for us. Right, they can't, but maybe maybe they have someone that can slow it down, have the capability to to do that and and tell the referee like, hey, you're wrong, this like, you got the call wrong. Maybe they just have New York in their ear. But then again, I mean, like if if you have somebody that's actually there at the game, as a as a like as it's their crew, like 
manager of the manager of the store, your part time employees. Yeah. Be like, hey, no, you're wrong on this. This is actually how it's supposed to be. There's a way to figure it out. Um, but there's also the other side of me that like grew up playing sports, and it was always we were always taught, um, play well enough. Don't let the referee decide the game. Yeah, it, uh, well, mine was baseball, but don't ever right. let don't let the don't ever let the umpire decide the game. Handle business so they don't have to. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I grew up playing basketball too, and it's the same thing. Like, don't don't leave it up to the referee. Like, mm-hmm. just but play well enough that they don't have to make the decision. Like, decide it for yourself. Exactly. So, just to some degree, I do. I do uh, believe in that um, philosophy as well. But then again, I mean, I mean, the the commanders. I didn't watch a lot of football this weekend. But I, was, I don't have millions of dollars resting on this. No, I, I was I, I was I was doing a lot of other stuff than other other than watching football this weekend, which I know is very very un-American of me. But is, but that is what How it is. How dare you? I know. Um, but like the commanders, the commanders in specific, you know, that no call depends on pass interference call. The unfortunate thing is, the commanders did everything right up until that point, but the referees decided to screw them out of that. So, so yes, like like what you're saying is, don't let the don't let the referees decide it for you. Handle yours, and everything will be fine. Well, the commanders did handle theirs, and the referees still decided the game for them. So it's 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 like a it's like a real tough slope to to navigate. Right. Um, reading a tweet um, <clears throat> from about 10 minutes ago um, from Tom Pelissero, Ravens wide receiver Devin DuVernay left practice today with a foot injury and there's concern it could be significant. He's undergoing tests now. Let Benjamin Victor cook. God damn it, dude. I've been <laughs> saying this for weeks. What do we have to lose? We can't throw the ball at decent anyway. Let Who the Benjamin, hell cares? Let Benjamin Victor cook. Elevate Andy Isabella. I don't think he exists. I think he's. I think he's a figment of our imagination. He's got to be an anomaly. I think he might have two left feet. <laughs> Has to at this point. After that injury, who knows? Devin Duvernay might have two left feet. He <laughs> surgically might. Um, <clears throat> but moving on to the next game, Ravens Browns. Uh, it, it hurts me to talk about this. Uh, I'm going to say it. The Ravens' offense sucks. Yeah. And you know what? I can't... Okay. <laughs> it's not even the offense. It's the passing game. The run game. It's great. J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, having them back has been remarkable. J.K. Dobbins is still working his way back. He doesn't have that uh, that speed that he used to. It's come I, I, and and before you before you continue with your point, I don't think it will come back this year. It's gonna take some work, I, a lot of rehab. Yeah, it, it, it'll it'll take some off season work for him to get that get that step back. I don't expect him to do it on a week to week basis when he's practicing, getting ready for the next game, all that shit. In the off season, that's probably when he'll get that speed back. Probably. But you had J.K. Dobbins have 13 carries for 125 yards against Cleveland. 9.6 yards a carry. Gus Edwards, 7 carries for 55 yards. That's 7.9 yards a carry. You got two dudes averaging almost 8-plus yards a carry. Yeah, we got backup quarterback Tyler Huntley throwing the ball 30 times. For only 138 yards. And an interception. Granted, that interception was a great play by uh, Denzel Ward. 
Yeah. Albeit. But, dude, it's ridiculous. Um, I mean, we did have four fumbles. We, I mean, we only lost two of them. But, dude, it's just, it's insanity. Like, that's stuff that you just, you cannot have. You cannot be averaging. You can't have almost 200 yards rushing and think to yourself, yeah, I got to throw the ball. Right. The run game was working. Let's just completely abandon that and throw the ball with our backup quarterback to a subpar receiving core. Yeah. I mean, our best receiver is Demarcus Robinson. Our number two is Devin DuVernay, who's now freaking hurt. You know, I saw I saw someone I saw it was a post somewhere, I forget where it was. I don't know if it was Twitter, if it was Instagram or what the case was. Um But the um the narration for the game from what this person said was Browns dominate Ravens. Oh. No. No. How how? Tell me how. Because we outgained the Browns. We may have turned the ball over more, but we moved the ball more. What? How? How? How did they dominate us? They didn't. We were a Devin Duvernay drop pass in the end zone from being within a three-point game. Justin Tucker, Justin Tucker missed one kick and got another one blocked. Went one for three on the day, which is very, very weird to say. It is weird to say. Um, if he makes one of those other kicks, game's tied. If the game is tied and we keep running the ball, we don't lose that game. No, we don't. But it all comes back to the offense coordinator and his uh, lack of competence. But so. so so I'm 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 gonna th- I'll, I'm I'm gonna take it a step further. Also, this is something that you and I also talked about it um, before we started recording. Um, you know, it's it's it also has to deal with the lack of talent at wide receiver. Also, because you know there, there's you know Devin Duvernay is wide open right there right there at the goal line. Even if he fall, even if he falls short and he gets tackled, you're on the one. Right. The way, the way we're running the ball, I believe that I I believe it would have been a first down. I don't think we were inside the ten at that play. If we were, it was like right on the fringe of it. Um, but you know, if you get if you get a fresh set of downs, ain't no way in hell you're gonna keep the Ravens out of the out of the end zone four straight times running the ball. No, no, no shot. No, there's no way you're gonna do that. I don't care. I don't care how good your defense is. Our offensive line is good enough to get a push for a yard somewhere. Tyler Huntley is five eleven. Trust me, <laughs> we'll get that yard. Our, our fullback is 300 pounds. <laughs> we have a, we have a 300 pound fullback. Trust me, we'll get that yard. But you know it. The bass had Devin Duvernay right in the hands. Yeah, I don't care if you were falling down. You're in the NFL. You caught 111 passes your senior year of college. Catching the ball is clearly not an issue for you. It is. It's. It's. It's not like Huntley threw a duck. Yeah. I saw this play earlier today. That's why that's why it's got me so fired up. I didn't I didn't see it until today. Okay. Um. I, so I didn't watch the game Saturday. Lucky you. I was I was making cookies for my girlfriend. I know, right? And uh, that's cute. Thanks. They were really good too. We did that on Sunday, so that's nice. that's the only reason I'm talking shit. Nice. Um. 
and then we went and saw and then we went out and saw Christmas lights with her family. There you go. So I I I listened to the game on the drive down because her dad didn't feel like driving, and I volunteered to drive because I was going to Columbia and knew where I was going. There you go. So I said, okay, well we're gonna listen to the Ravens game. And I said that's fine. So I was listening to it, and after we fumbled it for the, uh, I think it was Demarcus Robinson's second fumble, the one we actually lost. Yeah. Um, I turned it off. I said, fuck it, I'm not listening to it. Don't blame you. No, not dealing with it. So I didn't get to see that pass dropped by Duvernay until today. And, you know, there's no reason for you to drop that. I told you the Ravens are going to uh, they're going to revamp this receiving core in the offseason um, because I think, A, they get rid of their offensive coordinator. Yeah. And if they do not get rid of their offensive coordinator, I'm sorry to say Ravens fans, but I think John Harbaugh is gone too. I think if John Harbaugh is not willing to unhitch his wagon from Greg Roman. Yeah, I think I think I think the Costa will go to Bashadi and be like, look, we got to do something. I think I think the, the, if if that's what Harbaugh wants, if Harbaugh wants them to be a package deal, that's fine. You're both going to have new jobs come next yeah. season um, because I think you have to make a decision on whether you want Greg Roman or Lamar Jackson. I think as long as Greg Roman is there, Lamar Jackson will not be returning. So you, if you want to get rid of your franchise quarterback and one of the main staple fra- faces of the league for a washed-up offensive coordinator that can only put together granted, albeit, a very successful run game, but has no knowledge or depth of how to create a pass game effectively. If you choose that over your franchise quarterback, then you know what? You deserve to lose your franchise quarterback. And, you know, people, uh, you know, the the narrative is also going to be like, of course, I've, I've seen people talk about this all season long. Lamar doesn't deserve this money. He has no He has no business getting this money. Lamar Jackson would not have only scored three fucking points. I think Lamar Jackson earned more money now after seeing this. At this point, like, everyone could say, like, oh, well, Greg Roman had his backup quarterback against the Browns. And for most people, that's that's an acceptable excuse when you lose the talent of Lamar Jackson and you have to go down to your second-string quarterback. But see, if you go back and you look at the team last year, that was worse than this year's team. We were so injury-riddled. I mean, the only the only difference between last year's offense and this year's offense is we had no running backs, and uh, Bateman was there last year. Yeah. We had nothing to lose last year. We said, fuck it. Let's go out. Let's see what we can do. And the offensive line is better right now. Where was that Tyler? Where, where's that Tyler Huntley been at? Because if that's the Tyler Huntley we were going to get, we'd be fine. Yeah. I would have no concern whatsoever. Beating the Browns, beating the Steelers, we need two weeks. Cool. Hell, if he was if he was playing well enough, we didn't want to give Lamar an extra week against Atlanta. Fine, I have no problem with that at all. But you go seventeen of thirty for one thirty eight and a touchdown, and a pick. I'm sorry, not a touchdown. But the thing, like Tyler Huntley, he got the start against the Bears last year. Then he got three other starts at the end of the season. Yeah, he, the Broncos game was his game. Lamar Jackson played like a, a quarter, if that. I think he played a series and a he, half. He, <laughs> he, he, he played. He was. He was in it for, for, for the whole first quarter. Was he? Yeah. I only. I thought he only threw like it was, three times or some shit. Like he did, that. but at the start of the second quarter, that was when that was when Huntley went in. Okay. Either way, I'm giving Tyler Huntley that game. That I mean, that's basically his game. He just didn't. Yeah. Start uh, it. Yeah. I'm. Not, I'm not. I'm not debating that at all. No. He started against the Steelers. Yes. At this point, Tyler Huntley's three and three as a as a quarterback. Two and 
well, yeah, two and four, two and three as a starter. Two and four. Yeah, two and four as a starter. Yeah. He's clearly had game reps. He's been in this offensive system for, what, three, four years now? Yeah. He's gotten reps with all of these wide receivers. There's no... There's Demarcus no, Robinson's the only... And, well, Deshaun Jackson are the only two new additions. Um, There's no excuse. There's no excuse. Tyler Huntley, like they always say, is Tyler Huntley is a spitting image of Lamar Jackson, and that's why he's our backup. Is he can do everything Lamar Jackson can do. But to that point, I say, one was a first-round pick, and one was undrafted for a reason. One is a starter, and one is not for a reason. One has won a unanimous MVP of the NFL, and one has not for a reason. Yeah. And also, I don't, I don't know how much everybody like, really dives into everything. But if, you've, if you are Ravens fans, if you're not Ravens fans, of course you're not diving into it. Have you ever noticed that the personnel changes um, depending on who the quarterback on the field is? You ever noticed that Lamar Jackson gets more tight ends and Tyler Huntley gets more receivers? They run different personnels. Yeah. And then we wonder why Lamar Jackson can't throw the football effectively, consistently. Well, because you're throwing a Nick Boyle and Pat Ricard. Nick Boyle and Pat Ricard should not be your leading receivers. It's crazy, man. I just, I, I just, I just don't get it. I mean, I mean, this, this, this year for the Ravens, there, there, there will come a lot of change. Um, it starts with the offensive coordinator position. Yeah, offensive coordinator that'll change for sure. Um, and you know what? If Har- like I said, if Harbaugh doesn't want to unhitch his wagon, fire him too. Give me Sean Payton. And you know, Raven. This, I love John Harbaugh too. I, I don't do, want to get I that misconstrued. Too. I do too. I'm I I'm a, I'm a fan of John Harbaugh for sure. He brought us a ring, you know, and he uh, builds a great culture. Honestly, it's getting to a point. If the Ravens don't make the playoffs, you can kiss him goodbye too. If we don't make the playoffs this year, we that means we lost against the Falcons again uh, against the Steelers and to the Bengals. That means we had lost four straight. We spiraled out of control. And quite honestly, there's no excuse. There's no excuse at that point. You got to get rid of him. Yeah, give, give me Sean Payton. It, it like like you, there. I I would say give me any, anybody else, but no, that's that's a fucking. Well, at offensive coordinator, yes, give me Antonio Brown at offensive coordinator instead of Greg Roman. I wouldn't go that far. I would give me Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. I did tell you I'd rather I'd rather have them at at this point, but you know, outside outside of coaching, you know. They've scored more points than we have. I know they have. I, I, I'm, I'm very aware. <laughs> but um, the position players are going to change too. They are. Yeah. Offensive coordinator's gone. Wide receivers are getting revamped. I, th- I genuinely, I, th- I think the only two players that might be safe, um, from all of this, Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. I mean, position player, position players wise, um, J.K. Mark Andrews, Isaiah, um, Isaiah Likely. I think that's it. The, maybe you could you could convince me of Josh Oliver. I I hope we keep Josh Oliver. You could you could convince me of Josh Oliver. Yeah, I could go. I could go on for days about this. Let's move on. Saturday night yeah, game. We really don't have we really don't have enough time to keep talking about that. We could keep going and going and going forever. Saturday night game. Uh. Miami Dolphins going into Buffalo to play the Bills. This was one hell of a game. Came down to the wire. 
Bills ended up winning 32-29 to on a game-winning field goal at the end of the game as time expired. Um, Dolphins were not really expected to play that well in this game because of the snow and the cold weather. Everybody had uh, everybody had their uh, their doubts on this, including me. I had my doubts on the entire game. I tell you what, man, they made it a game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, thirty-two to twenty-nine. Both team, you know, I questioned it. I questioned it last Friday, um, whether or not the teams would actually get there, would get it going on offense again. You know, it turns out they did. Um, they both, I mean, shit, both put up over twenty-five points. Um, so I mean they both have, they both have very good weeks respectively um on the offensive side of the ball um and the Bills got it done so credit to, credit to them for sure yeah I mean good on the Bills uh got it done Josh Allen took quite a few shots in this game um dude he's got to be careful man he's putting himself in harm's way a lot oh but remember he's just like this is Josh Allen's just a man I know I know. It is what it Let is. Let Lamar Jackson take one hit like that. Yeah, dude. Josh Allen. Josh Allen's to the point where he's jumping up over the pile trying to score touchdowns at the goal line. Two point conversion. It was a two point. That conversion. was a two point conversion. You're right. It was a two point conversion to give him a three point lead instead of a one point lead. Granted, it proved useful. Right. Um. Yeah. Um. Either if, way, if uh, if Lamar Jackson did something like that. Good night. Good lord. You wouldn't you would not hear the end of it on NFL on NFL media. You would not. Uh looking at the Sunday games, <clears throat> Eagles uh took care of business twenty five to twenty against the Bears. Um this game was a little bit closer. Jalen Hurts had a few interceptions. I think he had two interceptions, but he did have three rushing touchdowns. So eh, you know what, you'll take it when you got it. Um uh, also looking at that game, Jalen Hurts sprained his right shoulder in this game. Um, he is expected to miss at least this week, which is a huge week for them. Um, we'll get into that on the Friday episode, but man, this this does not look good for uh, the Eagles, at least for this week. Of course, Jalen Hurts has not been ruled out just yet, um, but it, you're right. It doesn't look good. Um, you know, the, the Eagles are, of course, we'll, die, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more on Saturday or Friday, excuse me, but um, you know, Eagles are a good team. They're they're going to end up turning the Gardner Minshew if Jalen Hurts can't go. Uh, Gardner Minshew is a really really good quality backup quarterback. Yeah, he's probably a top five backup in the league. Um, yeah, I would I would take it a step further to say he's better than Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> um, but no. Um, and and the the times that Gardner Minshew actually played in this offense, he actually did very, he actually did pretty well. And the team's only gotten better since. The offensive line's healthier. The running game is better. Of course, they have A.J. Brown, who's just out of this freaking world this year. He's been a nice addition to the fantasy roster. I would say, uh, yeah, nine catches for 181 yards definitely helps the cause a lot. It helps the cause. I was hoping he'd house that one, but I won anyway, so it is what it is. Right. Um, you know, one thing, I, one thing I do want to talk about is, you know, on the, on, the, on the flip side to that Eagles and Bears game, Justin Fields continues to impress. Justin Fields has got to simmer down on the shots that he's taking because my man, like we talk about Josh Allen taking some shots. Dude, Justin Fields takes some fucking shots. And yeah. like he's like he's always shaken up during the game. Yeah, but you know, it, that'll come a time. 
I agree. I mean, Justin Fields, 14 to 21 for 152 yards and two touchdowns passing. He did have 15 carries for 95 yards. Um, I think he should have had at least an extra, I think it was like 12 yards or so added on to uh, his uh, his rushing total there and a touchdown. Yeah. That was, honestly, that was the most remarkable run by a quarterback I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Ju- Justin Fields continues to impress. I, I think I, I brought it up earlier in the season that Justin Fields is slowly becoming the second best quarterback from the draft. I think I think you kind of questioned me a little bit, but you know, if 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 I mean, the the record tells you otherwise. No, I th- I think Justin Fields is the second best quarterback in the draft. Well, I, I mean, at, at at the time you I I think there was a little bit more doubt than there is now. I always thought that Trevor Lawrence was one and Justin Fields was two. I was never That's, high on Trey Lance. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I always, I always thought that Justin Fields was the better of the, the better of the, like the best quarterback in the draft. Not named Trevor Lawrence coming out. Um, I think Mac Jones just just overachieved year one. Um, he had one great year at Alabama, right? Um, he overachieved year one. I I never had faith in Zach Wilson. I didn't see the I didn't see the big hype behind him. No, neither did I. Um. Trey Lance, I'm still a fan of. I think he'll turn out to be a pretty damn good quarterback in the NFL. Um, but Justin Fields is definitely establishing himself as the number two quarterback um, from that draft, and I really don't think it's close now at this point. You know, there are legit, there there's legitimate arguments about what's going on in New England as far as the quarterback goes. There's legitimate arguments about what's going on in um in the. Uh, for the Jets, as far as what, uh, as far as what's going on with the quarterback, you and I even kind of questioned it last week, as far as what's going to happen with San Francisco with Brock Purdy playing so well. Yeah, I mean, what do you do with Brock Purdy and uh, and Trey Lance? I mean, you're like, shit. What do I do? Then you got the Jets are like, well, Mike White is the better quarterback over Zach Wilson, but he can't. But he took so many he took so many shots against Buffalo. He can't play now. Yeah. Well, and I'll be honest. I don't think Mike White is a franchise quarterback. No. So not. I mean, I think Zach Wilson needs to be gone. I think I think at this point he's just bad for the locker room. I think Zach Wilson could go somewhere else and succeed a lot. He yeah, I think he's got I think he's got to bench it for a year. He's he's got to ride the bench for a year. I mean, humble himself. He 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 has the he has the physical tools to put it together. It's just mentality wise. I uh I, I do listen to Colin Cowherd uh, a little bit for for sports um insight insight um and he said his comparison for uh zach wilson was johnny manzel with a better arm and i'm like you know what i don't think that's too off base Mm -mm, i don't think it is either like the arrogance that johnny manzel had zach wilson has the kind of like hero ball that he tries to play is kind of what johnny manzel tried to do but johnny manzel had that arrogance for good reason I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. Johnny Manziel was allowed. I I didn't have a problem with Johnny Manziel being arrogant. Yeah, that's fair. Because he was the man at A&M. He beat Alabama. He won a Heisman. I still love the stories of uh, him uh, selling autographs <clears throat> and taking the teams on like vacation trips. Yeah. Um. I think he uh he helped uh he helped Mike Evans pay for like uh shit for his daughter too. I remember hearing a story about that. Yeah. Like Mike Evans was like, dude, like I don't have enough money to like feed her diapers or something like that. I very well could be botching this story, but if I remember correctly, that's what it was. Johnny Manziel was like, oh, bro, I got you. Here you go. Just yeah. gave money. Yeah. Like helped him take care of his daughter. Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at Zach Wilson 
He was at BYU. Who? Like you didn't like you didn't do much at BYU. At, at least Johnny Manziel had his team in contention for a national championship. His his time at A and M. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um. But I, but I think um, this uh, it, it's gonna take time. This is gonna be a little off base now, but give it a few years. I'd say maybe two. This matchup you just saw between the Eagles and the Bears that's gonna be that's gonna be your battle for supremacy in the NFC. I think here in the next two years. Potentially, I think I I think Justin Fields is that guy. I think their GM is gonna put them in position to make things work. I think Eberflus is not that bad of a coach. He's turning out to be pretty damn good. I just think right now it's a lack of talent that's holding this team back. Well, the next I was just going to go over is like some marquee matchups. Um, and the next one that I was going to talk about was the Lions and the Jets. The Lions ended up winning twenty to seventeen, and you say the Eagles and Bears are going to be like the marquee matchup of the NFC. I think you got to watch out for the Lions. You, do. you don't just have to watch out in two years. Be a little cautious of them sneaking up on your ass this year. Yeah, yeah, you de- you definitely have to watch out for what the Lions are doing right now because, I mean, earlier in the season it was all it was nothing but offense and defensive woes. Yeah, the defense is tur- the defense is turning it around. See the 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 big thing that is working in their favor right now is that the the players are believing in Dan Campbell. He's believing in what he's preaching. And they're playing for each other now at this point. I think Dan Campbell is <clears throat> Dan Campbell is authentically himself. Yes. And that is what the players are buying into. Because I think if you come in with some fake Fugazi-ass shit, players are going to sniff it out and be like, I right, know we're good. Yeah. No, we're good on that. We don't need that. But no, th- like the guy that Dan Campbell was in his intro press conference, that's who he's been since he's been there. Dan Campbell crying. Yeah. Is Dan Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Lions. Dan Campbell might be the most passionate coach in the NFL. I. He might be the most passionate, at least about his team in the NFL. I could agree with that one. I don't. I don't know if there's another coach more passionate for their team. I'm not saying Dan Campbell's the best coach in the NFL by no means. No, but Dan Campbell might be the most passionate. Yeah. He's he's building a hell of a culture over there, flipping that city around, and I'm here for it. Yeah, uh, just to, just 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 one more thing. We're gonna talk about it a, a little bit later, but you know, upcoming in the draft, you know, it it, it poses a very interesting question. It poses a very interesting question for them because a lot of people don't think Jared Goff is that guy, but he's playing pretty damn well. So yeah, I mean, as of right now, um, it just bumped it away from me. Of course, why did it go away? Um, the Lions do sit at number five. In the draft, so from the, from the Rams, from the Rams, so you know it, it kind of sits that question: um, if a quarterback is there, if the likes of like C.J. Stroud or Will Levis, who everybody is very very high on Will Levis right now, um, one one of those three, the third one being Bryce Young, one of the I think Bryce Young's the lock and key number one pick, but that's just me. I think he is too. My just, opinion just, doesn't matter because I'm not a general manager. That's very true. Uh, one of those three quarterbacks is going to be there for the Lions. Do you go with one of them, or do you rock with Jared Goff, who is winning football games for you? Right, yeah, and you know, see what Jared Goff can do, build around him, and if it if it continues to work out, great. I mean, people forget Jared Goff was the number one <laughs> overall pick in his draft for a reason. He went to the Super Bowl 
with Sean McVay and the Rams. Now, granted, they lost, but they lost to Tom Brady. So, you know what? Most people do that. Outside of Eli Manning and Nick Foles, most people do that. Right, right, exactly. So, um... Even Patrick Mahomes has done it. No, but but yeah, no, the Lions, I do give you credit. Yeah, that's a team that you do have to watch out for sooner rather than later because if you're if you're not careful, if you look at um if Minnesota's not careful, the Lions could go into Minneapolis and beat that ass. Uh they very well could. Uh and dude, they're they're not going to the playoffs. They're right. They're right on the outside of those playoffs right now. I think they're I think they're eighth, uh, ninth. I'm sorry. They're tied. They're tied with Seattle at seven and seven. Right now, Washington six and seven, six and one. Seattle is seven and seven. Detroit is seven and seven as well. Yeah, so they're right there. But uh, like I said, going over some more marquee matchups. Cowboys going into Jaguars. Jaguars were a home underdog against the Cowboys. Um, this was actually, I took their spread. I took the Jaguars spread. First of all, I went one-on-one on money line and spread last week. I took I, the Ravens money line, and they fucked me. So. I took the Ravens money line, too. Maybe that's why I'm so upset about the loss. I went over two. I don't know. But I did take the Jaguars spread. Um, I think they were four-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, let me see here. What did I take them at? Jags plus four-and-a-half. Uh, that paid off well because the Jaguars won. Uh, they won in uh, overtime, forty to thirty-four, on a pick six um, from a young man from the Jaguars who had just a remarkable game. His, that that was an insane game. He had like eleven tackles, two interceptions, a pick six, uh, eighteen tackles, eighteen tackles. I shorted him seven, which is insanity. Um, I don't think I've ever tried to short somebody seven tackles in a game. Yeah, 18, 18 tackles, two picks. He played out of his mind. Game-winning pick six. Now, granted, I'm going to be honest, that ball should have been caught by Noah Brown. That's not Dak Prescott's interception. I mean, it hit Noah Brown in the freaking hands. It is his interception, but it's not his fault. Yeah, it is his interception, but not his fault. So, um, Jaguars, hot team coming up out of the uh, the AFC South. Titans got to watch their ass because they might lose this division if they're not caref- careful. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've I've said it a few times. Trevor Lawrence is close. He like Trevor Lawrence is right there. Trevor Lawrence was was knee deep in the pool, and the last thing that uh, the NFL wanted was for him to uh, to go waist deep in the pool. Once Trevor Lawrence gets uh, waist deep in the pool. It's over. I, I was trying know, to clean that up. I don't know. Whatever. You lost me. Good. Um, Chiefs pulled out an overtime win against the Texans. <clears throat> Texans are a scrappy little bunch over there, man. They're, yeah, they're, they've they've given they've given da- they gave Dallas problems two weeks ago. They just gave Kansas City problems. They gave the Eagles hell a few weeks ago. Yep, that's a team. That's a team that's not very good, but they're not going out without a fight. They're not going out without a fight. Uh, Raiders beat the Patriots in just the most obscure wild ending I have ever seen. Obscure way possible. Uh, Clock's running out. There's like four seconds left on the clock. They hand the ball off on like a little handoff to Ramondre Stevenson. He breaks loose for like 30 yards. He laterals to Jacoby Myers. The game is tied 24 to 24 at this point. Jacoby Myers decides he's going to run backwards and whip that thing towards the middle of the field trying to throw the ball to Mac Jones, of all people. Probably the most unathletic person on the field. You might have been better <laughs> off giving it to like the left guard. Um, not yeah, going to lie to you. <laughs> probably. But Chandler Jones 
intercepts that ball. It's technically a fumble, but he intercepts that pass. Gives Mac Jones just one of the, the filthiest stiff arm I've ever seen. Filthiest <laughs> stiff arms he possibly could have, and just buries Mac Jones three feet deep in the three feet deep in the dirt, and uh, scores. And that's the end of the game. On the game-winning play. On the final play of the game. Yep. Could have went to overtime, and the Patriots could have won this game. They really fucked this one up. Yeah, I mean, Ramondre Stevenson was definitely carrying the ball load for the team. 19 carries, 172 and a touchdown. It seems like the Raiders couldn't do a whole lot to stop him. So, you know, it, it, they, uh, they, just, they just could have relied on him, and they really could have won the game. But instead, they uh, shot themselves in the foot. Shot themselves in the foot. Um, and then just to round it out, uh, Chargers and Titans. Chargers picked that one up 17-14. Uh, to 14. That's a big win for them trying to get into the playoff hunt. Um, Bengals beat. This game was not as close as it looks. The Bengals beat the hell out of the Buccaneers 34-23. to 23. Um, The Buccaneers were up like 17 to nothing at half, and then they just collapsed. I'm talking Tom Brady hand, uh, fumbling handoffs, throwing interceptions, block punts, um, this, that, and the third. I mean, the, the Bengals literally could not move the ball against the Bucs yeah. at all. And then they just had lucky break after lucky break after lucky break after lucky break, getting the ball at like the Buccaneers like 40 yard line, 35 yard line, whatever with like, no, like they got, they don't have to go anywhere. They're damn near in field goal range as it is. Right. And the Bengals took advantage of it and won the game. Pains me to say it because I was really hoping for the Bucks there, but uh, yeah, the Bucks really screwed themselves out of that one. Also pains us to say that we do have to root for the Bengals this week. <laughs> They played the Patriots. If the Ravens take care of business against the Falcons and the Cincinnati wins, they were in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, dude, I said it before the season started. I think it was when we were doing schedule predictions, which we will go over that in just one moment. I think that the, I thought that the Ravens and Bengals game at the last game of the season was going to decide the AFC North, and it is turning Pro- out to be that way, Pro- proving to be. Yeah, if 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 both records hold true, uh, the Ravens go undefeated through the rest. Of, if the Ravens win the next two games, Cincinnati wins their next two games. The Ravens are currently a game, a game back of Cincinnati in the division race, just due to record. But if the Ravens happen to beat them, they'll beat them head. To, they'll win the head-to-head matchup 2-0, which will give the Ravens a division crown. So, yep, a lot, um, a lot is still riding on the season for the Ravens. We may shit mouth them a lot, but uh, there's still a lot riding on the season for the Ravens for sure. Yeah, a lot going on. Um, but schedule predictions. How did we do last week? We went ten and six last week. We fucking did it. We finally, we finally broke through. Yes. Um, you guys haven't heard that one in a while. <laughs> no, they have not. Uh, you know, actually, actually going back through a, a good, a good bit of these, we got more of these right than you would think. We 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 correctly predicted the Jaguars game. Um, we also correctly predicted what else did we get? There was one that was like real, real weird that we got. Maybe not. Everything there was there was no real weird like outcome this year. This week. Whatever. Um the, I wanna see if we got the package right too, surprisingly. Let's go. No, we didn't, I'm sorry. But regardless, ten games right, six games wrong. Finally got over the hump. Yeah, we're on we're we're on an upswing. Nine We've had we've had nine wins both weeks before, ten wins this week. So who knows? Maybe maybe we're on a heater. Maybe we're on a heater. I'm not changing these picks either. They're staying true. Yeah, I know it. Uh, so let me ask you. We alluded to it a little earlier when talking about the Eagles and Bears game. Yeah. Jalen Hurts sprained his shoulder. Is more than likely gonna miss this game. Yeah. That uh, that injury is not only huge for the 
Eagles. Uh, but it could be huge for Jalen Hurts when talking about his MVP race um, with him, Patrick Mahomes, and Joe Burrow, and the fact that he's coming up on a uh, contract extension and having an MVP award in his uh, in his trophy case does help the cause a little bit. So, does Jalen Hurts missing this one game or potentially two? Does that hurt his MVP race? Um, I don't think it hurts it too too much. Uh, one game I think you can get away with missing, and you and you'll be you'll be okay. Um, just because you'll still have a full you'll you'll still have if if he does play following that he'll still have sixteen games to play. Remember, Lamar Jackson won a unanimous MVP only playing fifteen games. Um, so missing one, uh, uh, granted he didn't miss it for injury, he missed it for other reasons, but missing one game, I don't think it really hurts it too much. Um, but the problem is, is I think, I think Philadelphia is so well balanced that if they come out and if they just absolutely smack Dallas right in the mouth, which I think is a real possibility, they potentially could Jalen hurts or no Jalen hurts. Um, if they come out and they smack Dallas right in the mouth. And they and they beat them handily. I don't think you'll see Jalen Hurts again for the rest of the regular season. Yeah, because if they win, they uh, they clinch the number one seed. Yep, clinch the number one seed. I think you could just say like I think you could just say okay, look, you'll practice, but we're gonna leave you out, and we're just gonna let J- we're gonna let Minshew do his thing. Um, like as a reps management type of deal. Um, they'll have the uh, first round bye too. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in in that case, you might see him in a very limited fashion. You might see him like maybe for a half year and there, and then you put him, you put him Minshew to see what happens. Um, but ultimately, I think um, if it, it missing one game, no, it does it 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 won't affect his MVP stock too much, in my opinion. I agree. I think one game out is not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I mean, dude scored three rushing touchdowns last week. Yeah, I th- I think he's up to thirteen rushing touchdowns in the season. His touchdown to interception ratio is still insane, even after throwing two interceptions and no touchdowns in this last game. Um, he's right, rightfully, he rightfully deserves that MVP trophy. Um, I he is still my MVP. I predicted that before the season started. Just you, you did, you did, you did say that. Yeah. Um, but um. But yeah, no, not not too much in my opinion. No. Okay, I was just curious. I think you can, I think you can still take Joe Burrow out of that conversation. I think it is a two man race. I th- I think Joe I think Joe Burrow is closer than he. I think the odds say he's closer than he actually is, but I think it's a two man race between Mahomes and um. Uh, Jalen Hurts right now at this point. Okay, I'm not mad about it. Mm-mm. Um, and then our last subject here. Uh, we decided that we were going to do a very early mock draft. Um, a lot of it is, well, both of us get just absolutely giddy inside thinking about the NFL draft and these college players coming out. Um, <clears throat> but we're also not sure how much everybody else follows it. So this helps get some names out there. You guys can be, uh, you know, alert to and you hear it and you're like, uh, you know, ha- most of you guys might not know who Trenton Simpson is. After today, you'll at least recognize the name. Yeah. Um. So kind of, kind of just to go over, just to just, mm, we'll, I'll I'll speed run it and then he, and then we can just throw in comments as we as we want. Um. So this so these the picks are currently predicated on the current standings of the NFL. Um. 
there's only 31 picks that are going to be made in this year's first round because the Miami Dolphins cheat. We're tampering, trying to get Tom Brady and Sean Payton, and the NFL deducted them their first round pick this this year. So, um, just to go one through five here to start with, uh, Houston's number one. We have them taking Bryce Young, the quarterback from Alabama. Um, number two is Chicago. We have them taking Will Anderson, who's the edge rusher from Alabama. So, Alabama, number one, number two players in the draft. Um, number three uh, is Seattle from the Denver Broncos pick that was involved in the Russell Wilson trade earlier this season, or this offseason. We have them taking Jalen Carter from Georgia, an interior defensive lineman. Number four is Arizona. We have them taking um, a tackle from Northwestern by the name of Peter Skronsky. He's the best tackle prospect in the draft, in my opinion. Some people say that's um, another name you'll hear soon. Paris Johnson Jr. is the is the best tackle, but my personal opinion is Peter Skronsky. And then uh, to round out number five, Detroit via the Rams. Um, we have them taking Keely Ringo, cornerback uh, from Georgia. Yeah, and that uh, that brings us back to the point earlier. Do they go with a cornerback here? Some help on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, the quarterbacks that are still there, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, um, Anthony Richardson, all still sitting there. A lot of talent there at quarterback. Maybe they you know, say, hey, we're going to rock with Jared Goff and see what happens. Maybe next year they have a pick. I don't know. Uh, but at six, we have the Indianapolis Colts taking Will Levis, that quarterback out of Kentucky. At seven, the Atlanta Falcons taking edge rusher from Clemson, Miles Murphy. At number eight, the Carolina Panthers are just jumping up and down, all giddy inside, taking quarterback from Ohio State, C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Uh, at number nine, the Philadelphia Eagles via New Orleans are taking interior defensive lineman Brian Breesey from Clemson. Number 10, Green Bay Packers are selecting wide receiver from USC, Jordan Addison. Yeah, so... So yeah, if you're if you're Carolina, you're overjoyed about getting C.J. Stroud at number eight. Um, I think C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback prospect of the draft. That's my opinion. Um, so getting getting the best QB prospect at eight, it's um you know you're not you're not gonna be mad about that. And uh, pick number nine, Brian Breesy, That is a guy who um when he was at when he was playing in Clemson, he's also a local kid. He's from um shit. Where is he from? It's in Howard County. I don't know. Oh, man. It's going to bother the hell out of me now at this point. Damascus? Damascus? That's it. Damascus. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, he, he, was, he was the number two player in the entire country uh, his senior year from, the, from Damascus High School. Um, he was a guy who, when he was, when he was at Clemson, <laughs> when, he, when he was on the field, he was very, very dominant. He had some injury issues, but... If he if he if he can throw off that injury bug, getting him at number nine for the Eagles, that would be a steal of a pick. Oh yeah, absolute steal. Um, to keep things going a little bit, I I, I feel like we're doing five on five off here for how how it's gone so far. Um, a name I kind of a name I said earlier. Uh, number eleven going to the Raiders, Paris Johnson Jr. tackle from Ohio State. Uh, number twelve, you have uh, Jacksonville taking Cam Smith, a corner from uh, South Carolina. At 13, you have um, the Houston Texans from Cleveland, from the uh, Deshaun Watson trade, taking Nolan Smith, uh, an edge rusher from Georgia. Number 14, the Pittsburgh Steelers take Broderick Jones, tackle from Georgia. 
And number 15, the Seattle Seahawks take Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida. Yeah, um, we were kind of back and forth on that Houston Texans pick at 13. Do they go defense? Do they go wide receiver? Um, It's largely regarded that Brandon Cooks is not going to be there next year. Um, They do have John Mechie, who uh, is not playing this season um, as he's battling leukemia. So I hope everything's going well for him. Outside of that, I think their next receiver is like Nico Collins, who's who's having a good sneaky year. Um, but then again, I mean, I mean, they are lacking a little bit in the in the talent department. Um, only problem with this draft is there's not a lot of top end wide receiver prospects in the draft. Yeah, I mean, there's really, I I think there's really only two guys at wide receiver that should go in the first round. Oh, okay, three. I'm sorry, three, three guys that should go in the first round. I think four is going to be um, maybe just like we could use it. Based on team need, yeah. Yeah, and he's the, we're not going to get anybody better in the second round. So I yeah. think that's where um, where that comes in for me, at least. That's my, that's my opinion on that. Um, and then, yeah, the Steelers taking a tackle. If they draft anything outside of an offensive line, uh, if I'm Kenny Pickett, I'm walking into the GM's office and requesting a trade immediately. You know, I will say about the Steelers, though, they're one of those teams that do draft best available also, similar to the Ravens. If if there was one of the better defenders there, such as Nolan Smith, um, or uh, like Cam Smith, Brian Brees, um, if one of those guys happened to if one of those guys happened to fall that far down, I think it'd be tough for them to pass up on it. But tackle is definitely their biggest need. The uh, offensive line is their biggest need. I mean, yeah. it, it, not only does it benefit Kenny Pickett, but it benefits Najee Harris as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they go anything outside outside of offensive line, I'm requesting a trade if I'm Kenny Pickett. Yeah, and then and then probably my favorite pick that we that we did here for this for this mock draft, uh, Anthony Richardson going 15 to Seattle. Um, this is a guy who's a who's a very very raw, very very raw prospect. He was only he's he's coming out as a as a sophomore from Florida. Um, ba- I mean th- this is this is of course very th- this is this is my opinion. Um, if he does happen to put it together, which being in Seattle playing behind Geno Smith, um, and with Pete Carroll's guidance, uh, Anthony Richardson has a very very legitimate chance of becoming the like the next Cam Newton in the NFL. If 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 it all he's got a cannon for an arm, he's six foot four and he can run. Yeah, he he's a shifty little bastard, and by little I mean six four. Yeah, yeah, he's he's he he he's a big boy. He's he's definitely a name you got to watch out for when it when when it when it comes draft time because he might be the most interesting quarterback prospect in the draft. Yeah, if your team gets Anthony Richardson in the draft, uh, just know it, it, you're not going to see him that year. If you Unless are, there's an injury. If you are, there's going to be a lot of growing pains. It, it, it'll it'll probably be very similar to the situation Josh Allen was in when he came into Wyoming. A lot of growing pains. But once he gets there, good night. But again, the two names that I used when talking about Anthony Richardson is Cam Newton, Josh Allen. Yeah. If it, it like if it if it hits, that's a, that's about what you're getting in Seattle. That's about what you're getting. Uh, at number sixteen, we have the New England Patriots selecting wide receiver from TCU, Quentin Johnston. At number 17, we have the New York Jets selecting safety from Texas A&M, Antonio Johnson. At number 18, we have the Detroit Lions from their actual pick, selecting tight end from Notre Dame, Michael Mayer. At number 19, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers selecting tackle from Oklahoma, Anton Harrison. And at number 20, the Tennessee Titans selecting wide receiver from Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, so so I think the other two guys that Holman was re- was referring to as far as um, 
first-round quality guys, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Quentin Johnston. Quentin Johnston is kind of going to be like similar to how Debo Samuel is for the uh, for San Francisco. Only difference is, is, that, he, is that Quentin Johnston is 6'4". Quentin Johnston is a very big receiver. Yeah, he, he's, he's huge. He's a do-it-all guy. Um, only thing that concerns me with Quentin Johnston is, is that he only hit, really had one big year of production at TCU. Um, so that's a, that's a, a tad bit concerning to me. Uh, and then you look at Jackson Smith and Jigbo. He's a guy who is he's widely regarded as potentially the best receiver prospect of the draft. Um, I think he would be going a lot higher had he actually played this season. But he, he was very, very limited to injuries. Um, but he's a guy um, who's going to be one of the best slot receivers in the NFL wherever wherever he ends up going. Um, so have, so being able to get him at 20, a wide receiver needed team like the Titans, is a very, very good move. Yeah. Um, for the Jets at 17, <clears throat> we really had no idea what to take for them because um, they could use, I mean, legitimately we were like, they could use a quarterback, but at 17, there's not really a quarterback worth taking. Um, what else could they use? I mean, they're okay at corner. They got some, they got, they got some talent at corner, especially with Sauce Gardner being uh, a young stud there at the position. Uh, they could maybe bump up the beef up the defensive line a little bit potentially, uh, but we thought going with a safety on the back end was probably the best move for them. Um, and then the Lions taking that tight end from Notre Dame, I think that's a great pick for them. They traded away T.J. Hawkinson, refilled that position, reload that offense. I think that's just a great. I think that's a great pick for a them. A lot of people. A lot of people have been saying that Michael Mayer has a pro comp of Rob Gronkowski. That's a pretty damn good comp. Six four, two fifty. He's hu- he's a huge receiving tight end. So I mean, he's definitely he would definitely be an immediate red zone threat for that for the for the Lions offense. Whether it is Jared Goff or whether it is a quarterback, they decide to take whenever their other first round pick is going to be. Yeah, it could potentially be C.J. Stroud if they take him at five. Yeah, as it sits right now, five. Yeah, and then Anton Harrison tackle from tackle from Oklahoma, one of the only the only player representing the OU faithful from a man Holman in the first round this year. Um, Tampa Bay really has some bad offensive line struggles this year, so being able to get one of the better tackles in the draft uh, definitely would help the cause a lot. Whether it is Tom Brady, whether it's Blake Bortles, Kyle Trask, Kyle Trask doesn't it does whoever the, whoever the hell it is, uh, it, it'll it'll definitely help them out a lot. Yeah, I agree. Um, to keep things going a little bit here, we have the next 10 picks. Uh, we have um, Osiris Torrance going number 21 uh, to the Washington Commanders. He's a guard from Florida. At number 22, we have a uh, tight end from Georgia, Darnell Washington, going to the Chargers. 23, we have the uh, New York Giants taking linebacker Trenton Simpson from Clemson. At number 24, the Baltimore Ravens are taking Bijan Robinson, running back from Texas. And at number 25, we have the Denver Broncos from the San Francisco 49ers. No, from the from the from from the Miami Dolphins via San Francisco as a part of the Trey Lance trade from last from last year. Uh, we have them taking Isaiah Foskey, the uh, edge rusher from Notre Dame. Yeah. These uh these five picks were probably probably my most fun. Yeah, these were definitely the most discussed picks that we did. Twenty one to thirty one were probably the most discussed picks that we did th- throughout the mock draft. I agree. Well, I feel like that's always where it gets a little dicey at the end of the first round. Yeah. But at twenty one, we were uh we were really just not sure what to uh, give the commanders as far as uh you know who to take here. Offensive line, I think, is the commanders' biggest need. Um, whether they do 
whether they do rock with um, Taylor Heineke or maybe they move on to Sam Howell. I don't know who they have at quarterback next year. Maybe they maybe they make a trade for somebody. Um, someone like the likes of like Derek Carr is rumored to be out of uh, Las Vegas, so maybe they make a move for Derek Carr. I think it'd be a phenomenal move for them. Um, and get a little bit more stability at the quarterback position. Either way, um, however, however you want to spin it, they've got to uh, they've got to beef up that offensive line, which is why Osiris Torrance at twenty one, uh, the best guard in the draft, is is ultimately who we went with here. Uh, the Ravens taking a running back. We were we were kind of bouncing all around the board on this one. If it, you have not heard about Bijan Robinson before, I urge you to pause this podcast, YouTube him right now. First name is B I J A N Bijan Robinson. Common spelling. I'll say this about Bijan Robinson: he has an NIL deal with Lamborghini of Arlington. That's all you need to know. This kid. So a, a lot, a lot of people actually say that Bijan Robinson is a generational type talent at running back. I've heard the comparison of Reggie Bush when he was in college playing at USC. I, I've 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 seen a lot of really really good um and. A lot of good comps for for Bijan Robinson, and you know this is this isn't a homer type of pick either. But this seems like a type of pick that the Ravens would make best available player, a, a position of luxury. We didn't need a safety last year, but we took one. We didn't really need J.K. Dobbins when we drafted him, but we took him, and that turned out to be a great pick with Gus Edwards probably out the door because I think he's going to be a cap casualty. Yes, um, and I think Justice Hill probably is going to transition into either more of a special teams role or he's gone as well. Mm-hmm. Um, B. John Robinson here, if he falls to 24, I'm over the moon about it. Listen, receiving, running, this kid does it all. Yeah, he can hit the A gap, B gap. He can bounce it outside. He he can make you miss. He can run through you. He can catch the ball. There's, there's not a th- – what you expect from your running back, there's nothing he can't do. I mean, this guy, you know, Blake Corum was widely regarded as the best running back in all of college football this year. He beat out Blake Corum for the Doak Walker Award, which is the best running back. Bijan Robinson is is very good at running the football. Yes, he like he he is just absolutely ridiculous. So at number at number twenty four, running back in the first round for the Ravens, that seems like a bit of a reach. But then again, to get somebody of this quality, you don't see this very often. No, you don't see someone with his skill set as explosive as he is very often. Think about like the Giants taking Saquon Barkley as early as they did. Right. Similar thing. Right. Yeah. Um, at twenty six, we got the Cincinnati Bengals taking edge rusher from Texas Tech, Tyree Wilson. At twenty seven, we got the Dallas Cowboys taking wide receiver from North Carolina, Josh Downs. At twenty eight, cornerback from Penn State going to the Chiefs, Joey Porter Jr. At 29, the Minnesota Vikings taking cornerback from Oregon, Christian Gonzalez. At 30, the Buffalo Bills are taking halfback from Alabama, Jameer Gibbs. And I'm not going to make you do one pick. At 31, the Philadelphia Eagles are taking cornerback from Utah, Clark Phillips III. So we did say that only three receivers, we think three receivers are first round worthy. We have Josh Downs going in the first round as well. Uh, he was he was Drake May's uh, top target. Uh, his last season here at North Carolina, um, Dallas Dallas desperately needs another wide receiver uh, aside from uh, CD Lamb. I know Michael Gallup is a very good talent, but you need you need some other help there. Um, the Tyree Wilson pick that was more of just a best available for the Bengals. Um, 
Holman is very, very high on Joey Porter Jr. I'm high on him as well. I think he's the second best corner in the draft. Um, behind Keely Ringo. I would say Cam Smith has it over him. Okay. Number three then, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But jo- Joey, Joey Porter Jr. is um, big, raw corner. Fills out. He could be locked down. Dad played in the NFL. Yeah, dad played in the NFL. Everybody knows who Joey Porter is. Pass rusher from the Dolphins. Um, so that would be a great pick for a team that needs defense as well. Similar to the Vikings, they need help in the secondary as well with Patrick Peterson getting older. Christian Gonzalez is co- sort of a similar build to what Patrick Peterson is, but of course now he's going to be younger. So that, of course, is going to be a good pick for, good pick there. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, he was a do-it-all guy at Alabama this year. I mean, if it wasn't Bryce Young with the football, it was Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is very late on his feet. Um, the Buffalo Bills, dude, they got to get something going in the run game outside of Josh Allen. Um, I mean, I know Devin Singletary has his moments where he runs the ball very well, and that's fantastic. That's great. Um, but you you just you need something outside of your quarterback running the football and taking the the beating that Josh Allen does. I mean, I was just talking so highly about Bijan Robinson. You know, a lot of people view Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs one A one B in the draft as far as running backs go. Um, so I mean, getting getting a guy like that at pick thirty would be would be good for a team that already is very strong. To begin with, a very very good team to begin with. Adding a running back at this point would only make that team a little bit better. And then to round out the first round, Clark Phillips the third. This is a guy who is actually my number three corner in the in the draft. Uh, he's all all American from Utah. He's just has a knack for finding the ball. Um, again, you know this is this is this is a pick of luxury for a team that are, is already very very deep. I mean James Bradbury is getting up there in age, as is Darius Slay. So adding a little bit of youth into the team would definitely help out a lot for that aging secondary. I think Bradbury was just a rental too. Probably, yeah. So adding him to take over Bradbury's place, I mean, a very good rental. Yeah, I mean, expecting a rookie to fill in for for James Bradbury. I mean, that's that's asking a lot. But this is a guy who can come in, who can give you really, who, who can give you really, really solid time on the field. And uh, really make a difference for your defense. Yeah, give you some competent reps, and that's all you're looking for out of a rookie. Yeah, not every not everyone's gonna be a world beater year one. Sorry, no. So that is that is mock draft number one. We're gonna post it online too. We'll post it so everybody can see what's going on. If you're curious curious about one player, curious about another player, um, you know, I mean, we talked we talked about this all 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 season last year. The draft, the draft, the draft, the draft, the draft. I mean, this is, I mean, it's genuinely what I look forward to the most because, I mean, there's just so much chaos. That's probably the best way to explain it. It is, it is chaos. I mean, the Ravens traded the fucking wide receiver for a center. Albeit, our center's going to be a pro bowler. Their wide receiver's not. Bingo, bongo, bango. But but still, I mean, I mean, there's just there's just so much pandemonium. I mean, we were going over our last mock draft before the draft started last year. I mean, we were a little off on some of the players getting taken and the spots they were taking up. We were pretty spot on everywhere else. We got the first five out of six right. Yeah, I mean, all the all the teams that ended up drafting wide receivers in the first round, we actually got them right, except for the Chiefs um and the commanders we had the we actually had the chiefs taking the commanders pick in the first round but you know we had we had the Traylon Burks pick right not at the spot but we had Traylon Burks going to the Titans we had Kyrie Elam being drafted by the um by bills. the bills um so we pay attention to this draft shit we we know a little bit of something 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I wa- I watch tape on guys all the time. I get a, I have a really good feel for a lot of players in this draft. This draft has me very excited. Uh, last year's didn't so much. Yeah, it was bland. it was it was a little underwhelming. I mean, defensive side of the ball. If you're if you're a defensive guy, this was this has been a hell of a draft so far. Um, but yeah, this this draft coming up, no matter who where where your team is picking, whether you're in the first round or whether you're Cleveland, New Orleans, the Rams, San Francisco, or the Dolphins, uh, picking in the second round, you're excited. Yeah, I, I'm always excited for draft time. So um, yeah, we're gonna post that for you guys, and of course, we're gonna do more throughout. Uh, throughout the coming months and coming up to the draft. And then hopefully we get a camera in time that we can actually do a draft special. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely on the, on the to do on the to do list. I want to do one so bad. I think it's gonna be so much fun. I mean, we'll be poo bearing it the whole time, but you know, it'd, be okay. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be okay. Well, that depends on the camera angle. <laughs> we'd, we'd have to do like a table with a tablecloth in front of us. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it ain't no way we could just do it just like this. For those of you that don't know what Pooh Baron is, we're not going to explain it, but just use your imagination. Yeah, just, 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 yeah. <laughs> just use, use your imagination. Uh, go on Urban Dictionary and look it up. I'm sure it's on there too. Oh, God. I don't even want to know what pops up when you search that. No. All right. We're not doing this on air. Um, so that's going to do it for us this Tuesday. We'll catch you guys on Friday. Of course, we're going to go over um, our predictions uh, or uh, our money line and spread for, for the weekend coming up. Don't, I don't want to hear anything from you right now. Um, and then we'll talk about some of the upcoming games and some other things going on in sports. So that'll do it for us here on Tuesday. We'll catch you guys Friday. Hope you all have a good week. See you guys. Yep. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.